Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 12th of September 2010, entitled The Coward, the Cross and the Champion. And the Bible reading is taken from Matthew chapter 26, verses 31 to 35. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I'm just going to kind of skim some things here this morning that I guess... Though we won't have time to read all of the verses, where's all my uh, all my Sunday school youngsters? It's your special day today, so I'm going to be speaking to you. But is it okay if the older folks kind of stay and listen in as well? Yeah. All right. You, you older folks can stay and listen, but my my heart is really going out to speak to these youngsters today. Uh, but of course, hopefully, what we see in God's word will apply just as much to we that aren't quite as young anymore. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 26, I'd like to read verses 31 through 35. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Father, we thank you again this morning. Lord, we thank you for Lord, each of these that have taken part today. We thank you for each of these young lives that are part of the uh, Sunday school and for those that uh, give and sacrifice of their time to study and prepare and work with these. Father, we thank you for what we've seen and heard this morning from each of these classes. We pray, Lord, that Lord, as they have shared with us from their hearts, Lord, that these are truths that will find a resting place in each one here today. And Father, as we look into your word now, we pray that you would take it, make it alive, use it for your glory. May we be receptive to that which you have for us. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Okay, youngsters, I'd like to ask you a question this morning. We got anybody here that would stand up and say, I'm a coward. Anybody? No? Does anybody like to be a coward? Not something we normally think about wanting to be in life, is it? How many of you have ever known somebody else that was a coward? Raise your hand. Yeah, I know you've never been a coward, but you know somebody else has been, right? Okay. Well, I want to, I want to think this morning, and I'm really going to take a few minutes, so I'm just going to skip over and give you the gist of it. I want to, I want to remember three things this morning that I want to give to you, and our thought is about a coward, a cross, and a champion. A coward, a cross, and a champion. Now, nobody, even if they are a coward, they don't usually like to admit that they're a coward. And, of course, the truth is, is that if we're really honest, we're all a coward at some times for some things. There is something in life that we're afraid of. We just don't want anybody else to know it usually. 
We find as we look into the Scriptures this morning, we find two men in this account that we're reading here, and as we continue to read over the next couple of chapters, we find two men that were absolute cowards. One of them is the one that we're reading about here, and his name is Peter. Peter. And of course, Peter was there with the Lord. We find that the words that we're reading here this morning take place in the Garden of Gethsemane just before Jesus Christ is going to go away and die on the cross. Lots of things have happened. But I want you just to focus this morning on this one simple thought. Here's Peter. Now, Peter wants to be brave. And most people do want to be brave. Like I said, you know, if somebody wanted to be a coward, they probably wouldn't admit it because they wouldn't want anybody to know it. But nobody likes to be perceived as being, as being brave when things get tough. Well, Peter here, I mean, he's talking to the Lord, and, and it's funny because Jesus says things are going to get pretty tough. As a matter of fact, things are going to get so bad this evening that all of you, he says there in, in, in verse 31, that he says, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. All ye shall be offended because of me. He's talking to those that were the closest to him, those that should have been the strongest followers. And he says, yet all of you are going to be offended by what takes place. Well, Peter stands up, and he wants to show how brave he is. Peter says, Lord, the rest of them might get offended, but not me. No way will I ever be offended. Why? If they even tried to kill me and take my life, I wouldn't deny you. I wouldn't be a coward. I'd stand up and show them just how brave that I really am. And you know what? I think Peter really meant that. I think Peter wanted to be brave, and he certainly wanted the others to think that he was brave, and he certainly wanted the Lord Jesus. I think that in his own mind and in his own heart, he thought that he was so strong that he was so determined that there was nothing that could ever make him deny Jesus Christ. Yet Jesus says, before the sun rises, before that cock crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times, Peter. And of course, as we begin to read through the account, the story here, we find quite a scene that's taking place. Why do you think that Peter, if he is so determined in his heart, why do you think that he would change his mind? Look just a bit further down in the chapel now chapter. Now, remember that a lot of things have taken place here. The Lord Jesus Christ has been uh, arrested. Uh, Judas has betrayed him. He has been uh, taken in before the Sanhedrin and Cyphus, the, or Caiaphas, the, the, the courts of their day. And as all this is taking place, Peter is watching. And notice what it says down in verse 69. Now, Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came to him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. He's just keeping his distance. All this is going on in the hall there with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's just on the outside looking on. But somebody looks at him. Hey, you're one of those that walked with Jesus, aren't you? Verse 70 says, But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou say. I don't know what you're talking about. When he was gone out into the porch, 
Another maid saw him and said unto him that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus. Why, Peter, he's already been accused one time and he's denied it. He moves away out into the porch area and somebody else says, I know this one was with Jesus. What does Peter do? Notice in verse 72, and again he denied with an oath. I do not know the man. He'd already told him that he didn't know him. And now he's so determined. He's swearing to the fact, you know, I don't know him. I swear to you, I don't know who this man is. Notice what happens next. Then after a while came unto him they that stood by and said unto Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. I know it's, it's not just a familiarity in the way you look, why even the way you talk, we know that you're one of those that walk with Jesus. What did Peter do this time? Bible says, then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. No way, Lord. Well, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do what's right and I, won't, I don't care if the whole world knows that I'm with Jesus. Well, if they could threaten to take my life, there's no way that I would ever turn my back or deny you. Yet here he is. When the pressure comes on, what's Peter doing? First of all, he's just kind of distancing himself. I, somebody thinks that it, I, I don't know him. He becomes more adamant about it as they continue. Surely you're one of those that walks with Jesus. No, I swear I'm, I'm not one of them. Finally, he starts cursing and swearing and trying his best to, to sound like somebody else that's in the world instead of one of those that should be tagged as a Christian. Find that the cock crows, he remembers, oh, Jesus told me. That I was going to do this. Now, we could say a lot of things, but I want you to keep in mind, I think Peter was sincere. He was genuine. He meant what he said. He was going to be strong. He was going to be brave. I don't really have time to tell you about the next guy, but there's another guy. Matter of fact, his name starts with the same letter. Instead of Peter, his name is Pilate. Now, Pilate was one of the ones that was sitting in judgment, and we see this being passed back and forth, and we could look at the verses and all this, but in the end, now, Pilate is a man with a great position and power. And yet when it comes right down to it, the Bible tells us he said time and again, I can't find any fault with this man whatsoever. And he even tried to connive away so that they wouldn't put him to death because it was the custom that they would release one prisoner. And he thought, surely this man Jesus with all the, the things that he's done when I offer them the one to be released, they'll choose him and not this Barabbas guy that, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's real low life. He's a, he's a murderer. He's a low life. And yet, if he puts them forth, what do the people say? Give us Barabbas. Crucify Jesus. 
Pilate still doesn't want, he just, he does not want anything to do with this. And as a matter of fact, he is so much wanting to prove the point. The Bible says he goes and literally washes his hands. It says he's washing his hands of the whole fair. It's going to be their fault. Of course, we know that he couldn't really wash away the guilt. But he knew what he was doing, the decision that he was making was wrong. Why did he do it? Because he had a crowd of people around him that were bent and determined that this is what they wanted him to do. And he liked his position. You see, that's, that's kind of an ironic thing. Here's the man that's got the power that's going to choose whether this other man's going to live and die, and yet he is afraid of the reaction of the crowd around him. You wouldn't have thought that Pilate, the man that sat there in judgment, you wouldn't have thought him to be a coward. Yeah, he was a coward in this matter. You could say that in, in one fact, Pilate gave in to what we might call direct peer pressure. I mean, the crowds were shouting to him, straight in his face, brother, run, crucify him, crucify him. This is what we want. We know that they were making up all kinds of, of false witnesses and belittling the Lord Jesus Christ. But in the end, at that point, Pilate turned him over to the soldiers be crucified. You see, Peter, he gave in to what we might call indirect peer pressure. <laughs> you know, he was just worried. Nobody was putting him on the spot directly. They just thought they recognized him as a Christian. He was just on the sidelines at the time, trying to boss him, trying to look on, trying to see what was happening. But the thing is, both of them gave in to the same thing what somebody else would think. So many times we want to be so brave, we find that that was precisely a lot of what this skit that the teenagers put on this morning. Folks, it don't start when you're a teenager. It starts when you're much younger than that even. The truth is there is a battle that's raging. and All these different temptations are going to come along. Jesus Christ is there. He's the one that in the beginning, he created you from nothing. He's given you life, and he's done everything that's possible. But the world is going to try to take you away from the safety of Jesus. Whether it be the drink, whether it be the, uh, the drugs, whether it be the different vices that the world has to offer, the temptations are there. The peer pressure will be there to fit in with the crowd. I'm saying to you this morning that a coward's the one that goes the way of the crowd. Just like Peter, just like Pilate, they allowed the thoughts of others to decide for them. We find that we see these two that certainly in their actions were cowardly. Then we see the cross. Jesus was carried away to be crucified. We can see so many of the things that took place when they crucified him there on the cross, but I don't need to go into detail. They nailed him to that cross. They put him to death in the way that would be the most degrading, the way of a common criminal, someone that, that nobody would have respect. And whether it was in the hall or whether it was after they put him there on that cross, everybody was just wagging their heads and their fingers and mocking and making fun and trying to belittle this one called Jesus. Finally, in the end, 
after he died upon that cross, they put him in a tomb. We've sang about it a couple of times this morning in a couple of these passages. But guess what? When they went the third day, he was no longer there. He was no longer there. Something had taken place. And it's something that none of us would be able to even be here and be a part of our Christian faith without. That's the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He conquered death. You know, when he hung there upon the cross and all the darkness came, when he became sin for you, when he paid your price, find that on the other side, on the other side of the cross, that same one called Peter, that same one that had been afraid of what people would think about him, for him just to be identified with this one called Jesus, what will people think of me if they think I'm part of that group over there, part of that crowd over there? Yet on the day of Pentecost, he stands and preaches. 3,000 people get saved. Matter of fact, we find that it wasn't just Peter. In fact, it was all of Jesus' closest followers that did deny him. They were known nowhere around when he was dying upon the cross. Do you know if you begin to read through scriptures and then you read historically what took place in those lives, that same Peter, not only was he locked away at times just as the Apostle Paul and others because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, because of being identified with him. But history would tell us that that same Peter wouldn't even let them crucify him right side up when he died. He wanted to be crucified upside down because he wasn't worthy. He wasn't worthy to die death like his Savior had died. What happened that made one that was so afraid to be identified with the crowd that was so determined to be brave and yet failed to do so, truly be willing to stand up and take whatever came his way and in the end be willing to pay for his faith and his belief with his very life. What made the difference between the coward and the champion? It was the cross in between. <laughs> it was the cross in between. When Jesus Christ died upon that cross and rose the third day, Peter's life was changed. You see, that's the only thing. What I want to say to you young people, and yes, old ones alike, you can have the greatest intentions in the world. You can be determined that you're not going to be a coward, that you're going to be brave. But I'm saying to you, there are going to be many things that are going to come along many pressures, some direct and some indirect. But just as Peter, the others, may not just want to be identified as one of those Christians. But I'm saying if you come to the cross, with all your best intentions, without Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is what will make the difference in your life. Jesus Christ is the one that can give you the strength to be able to stand against whatever comes your way. I don't think that if you're given the choice today that you would choose to be a coward. Everybody likes to be a champion, don't they? Anybody ever run a race just so you can lose it? Anybody ever 
play a board game with your brothers or sisters just so you can lose. As a matter of fact, sometimes <laughs> that competition can get pretty aggressive sometimes, everybody wanting to win. I'm saying you can be a champion, each and every one of you. But it's going to take more than just good intentions. It's going to take more than just genuinely wanting to be brave and to believe that you can and be determined that you can. It's going to take personally coming by the way of the cross because Jesus Christ died for each and every one of your sins. And it's only through his sacrifice that you can have life just as he rose to new life the third day from that tomb. Folks, you have no prayer no hope, just as those that were the closest to Jesus, somewhere along the line, something will be too much, some peer pressure, some temptation. But today, you can be a champion, each and every one of you who come by the cross. Father, thank you, Lord. We know that these thoughts have been so minimal, so much more we would have liked to have said being given the time. But Lord, our main thought Lord, to these that we love so dearly that are part of our Sunday school as well as each one here this morning, Lord, that none of us want to be a coward. We can have all the best, absolute, determined intentions in the world to be brave. There's so many things around us, something that we'll be afraid of, some group, some crowd, some person, some outcome. Lord, we don't have to be afraid of those things today. We'll come by the cross. We could be a champion. Peter started out as a coward, even though he didn't plan on it, didn't want to be. But after what took place at Calvary became real in his life, oh, what a champion he became, a champion that was willing to pay whatever price was necessary because Jesus Christ had made that difference in his life. I pray, Lord, you know the hearts of each one here today or there may be many here today that though they may not find it easy to admit they've been living a cowardly life, they've been afraid to do certain things in their life because they're afraid of what other people might think of them. Or some of these young people may find it hard to do what's right when the crowd is doing what's wrong, when the crowd is going the other direction. They may find it very challenging and very difficult to be honest and to be right and to not be involved in those things. Lord, I pray that you'd help them to realize they can come by the same cross that Peter did. They can truly be a warrior that will stand up and be brave and not give in to the crowd around them, all because of Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 